Bibles and turn to Luke 10. I didn't mean to have everybody crying. I don't cry unless I have to. I was crying when I came in this morning. I just couldn't help it. Actually, I did better in the funeral than I'm doing today. <laughs> I've used this text in a lot of different ways, and it may be an unusual way today to use it. But beginning with verse 38, Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was worrying over the big dinner she was preparing. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, isn't it a bit unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? I know you women have never said that. Tell her to come and help me. (laughs) But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you're so upset over all these details. There's really one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it. And I'm not going to take it away from her. Well, every time I preach this text... My wife will go home and discuss our position over Martha and Mary. Because I, I, even though I'm starting, and I've seen my wife now be both. The heart of Jesus and the hands of Martha. Because you have to have both. There was a man stopped by a policeman driving with that, his taillights out. And the driver became quite distressed, and the officer was trying to console him. Man, don't take this so hard. It's just a minor offense. He said, son, sir, you don't understand. What worries me is what's happened to my camper and my wife who was in the camper. They're not behind me no more. And I'm worried about it. Well, guys... How long was she gone before he realized she wasn't behind him? And, and, and if you don't think a woman won't ask that question, if she's in upside down in a ditch somewhere hurting and bleeding, isn't that kind of how we are, though, sometimes? We, we have a tendency, and guys have a tendency to get in trouble at this point, of being insensitive, not concerned about our wives and Oh, we'll get concerned about our grandkids, and we'll get concerned even about the kids, but what about the wife? And sometimes they just feel a bit stressed out. I put it this way, and I think it best describes the women of our day. Stress, not rest, for the weary. (laughs) I think you know what I'm talking about if you're a female, and and you don't have to amen. It'd probably be best you kept quiet. But the cool thing about this passage for you and I guys is that it involves two women and a man. And the man is Jesus. So you're not even in this scenario yet. Martha walks in out of the kitchen. I can just see it if it were my own grandmother. And she's mad as a hornet. She's fit to be tied. She's stressed out. 
and she jumps Jesus immediately. She's so mad at Mary, she don't address her. She takes it up with Jesus. And, and I think it's interesting that we understand that there are times that we're going to have a story to tell. Someone told me one time, said, Mike, if you could just write the book of the stories that you've heard, the stories that Jack have heard and Ed has heard and Jason hears and, and my wife hears and, and Robin, my secretary, she, she takes a lot of it off of me. I mean, there's some, there's some whoppers out there. But in our day and time, the, the Martha story, believe you me, didn't start with our day and time. It started back in Jesus' time and even before then, where women get stressed out. Now, different people call it different things. There are the stress factors. Some call it the stress ratio. Some call it the stress component. Some call it stress formula. Whew, that stresses me out, right? I'll get her to the hospital. Oh, my goodness. Look, I almost delivered my first child. I know what that's all about. When women say, I'm stressed, what are they saying? Well, I think they're coming at it as the gap between my ought-tos and my can't-dos. When my can-do can't keep up with my want-to, therefore, I end up frustrated in intention and stress sets in. I like what Dr. Vance Havener said about this. He said, there's no work that's more likely to crowd out your quiet hour with God than the very work that draws the strength from the quiet hour. If you want to know why or how you can respond best to the terrible things that come your way, you cannot bypass what Mary did. Yes, I want my meal. But I don't want it with frustration. <laughs> you ever walked in and said, well, honey, are you upset? No, I'm not mad. I'm not mad one bit. Oh, Lord, and many of you got that. Boy, I'm glad she's not mad. <laughs> one house wife went to her doctor and asked what was wrong, and she said, I just feel run down. Run down. After examining her, he said, lady, you're not run down. You're wound up too tight. <laughs> you see, that's what stress does. It wounds us up tight. Recently, someone went and bought a, a grandfather clock, and the man that delivered the clock said, there's two dangers you need to avoid. Number one, don't let it run down. And number two, don't wind it up too tight. Your body, ladies, is more important to God than the clock. God neither wants your body to run down, neither does he want it wound up too tight. And the, one that's, the ones that are good are not letting this show. Be careful of those. I mean, be careful, guys. First of all, don't go amen and much in this message. That would be a wise thing. And second of all, be careful. When your wife is wound up tight, keep your mouth shut. Don't try to fix it. Let her work through it. 
you better listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> Sometimes, ladies, isn't it true that just life seems a bit unfair? You know, I had a little taste last night, not much of a one, but a little bit. Cindy had already went and bought everything, and we had our Mother's Day celebration for the mothers at our house last night. Now, today, many of you have got to go places, don't you? <laughs> many of you got to go, you got to, ra- to, to rag the car out today. Guess what I get to do? I'm going home. I'm going to take a nap. And then I'm going to get up and I'm going to do what I want to do. Boy, some of you are going to be wore out at the end of the day. But that's a good thing. And love them while you got them. Because I always thought I'd have my mom. And now Jesus has her. You see, the modern day woman, and, and here in this story with Martha, she was a woman out of balance. Her life wasn't balanced. And, and while she was a worker, and, and listen, I married a worker. My wife can organize me to death. She can organize stuff in such a way I'll never find it. But she does it a good job because, see, I like to let stuff pile up, and I know where everything's at. My wife knows that. But it don't look good to the average person who is an organizer. You know, my idea of a desk is having everything on it. And, and if you've ever seen mine, you know I'm telling you the truth. I only saw one preacher worse than that, and he used to pastor behind me. And his desk had a square. I used to sit by that desk for four years and had this little square. And about five feet tall was all of his stuff packed up. I even had trouble with that one. But isn't it amazing, though, the, the modern-day mother, the modern-day woman, is, uh, is she's frustrated and, and out of balance, and she feels like that she's unimportant, left out, unheard, and run over. Women today struggle about how they ought to just live their lives. When we look at Martha, we see that she's struggling, and, and it seems like Mary is just having a carefree life. It doesn't seem like she's burdened down with a lot of worries or a lot of tension or strife. Could be neither one of them had kids. I don't know. Isn't it interesting? I asked my wife, I said, when you talk to the women, you go off on these retreats. Now, she don't come back and tell me your private stuff. I don't want to know it because it just worries me sick. And I'm, I'm happy not knowing that stuff. I mean, but there's, I said, name me two things that you heard that seems to be a common thread that runs through the, the average woman, the average mom. She said, a lack of priorities and time management. I said, well, that, that, that makes sense. That means that you're running here and there, running to and fro, and you're trying to get everything done, and you don't get it all done. And then when the husband don't help you, he becomes a part of the, or the problem. Last night, I won't tell you which one of my beautiful daughter-in-law said this, but one of them said, after it was all said and done, well, do you do know why we're so stressed out? And she pointed toward my son. <laughs> but, you know, I do understand that because I used to be that way. 
I have become the mighty Papa. I am now stress-free in Sydney's life. I don't bring that kind of stuff in her life. No more. She has not stressed out with me. No more. Y'all not believing a word I'm saying. I can see it on your face. Well, I'm not trying to lie, but there's some lies going on. I can tell you that right now. Our nature, whether it be a preacher or a deacon or a plumber or a carpenter, our nature mixed in with the combination of marrying a woman is going to produce sparks. It's going to produce friction. It's going to produce frustration. That's just the way God made it. Have you ever wondered why you don't like anybody that's like you? Have have you not got that yet? You married an opposite. Not only is he a male and and a female, but he's opposite of who, who you ever thought or ever intended to be. There's going to be that kind of stuff go on. And until you learn the passage, I've learned it. I've got a concept of it, but sometimes I forget it. Jesus said, the greatest among you is your what? What? Servant. When I got married, I thought I married my servant. Who was going to wait on me? And I realized, now my dad lived this way. I told the earlier crowd, and I'll tell you, and some of you newfangled women are going to get mad at this. Well, just remember, he's perfect now. And some of you do this, and I'll probably blow your cover. But if my dad wanted a glass of tea, do you know how he got it? My family knows. He rattled his ice. I heard it. I feel it. It's purring like a kitten. First standing up. Somehow my loving mama put up with that. But what I've realized is that I didn't marry just a Waffle House queen. I did not marry a cook, just a cook. I did not marry someone just to clean my house. I did not marry someone just to do all of the things that I didn't want to do. And in that verse, now you remember now, Jesus said this verse, so don't get mad at me. He said, the greatest among you in my kingdom are those who do what? Serve me. And it dawned on me that I expect Cindy to a point to serve around the house. And then I realized, you know what? I need to as well. Now, I'm not as good at it as my boys. And, of course, the daughter-in-laws will probably say, huh? But I hear some of the things they tell me at least they do. And, you know, my wife used to want me to wash until I wash clothes. I took a $100 sweater she had, and she couldn't, after I got through with it, she couldn't even put it on Barbie doll. She said, please, don't wash my clothes. You can wash all you want to of your stuff, but leave my clothes alone. I said, absolutely. (laughs) 
Martha was doing the right thing. Martha, there's nothing wrong with cooking. How many of you still got your kids at home? Raise your hand. Well, I know there's meals going on. But I've learned something a little different, and it's okay. My wife's fine with this. I'm okay with this. But when your kids move out, here's a new prayer you're going to pray. God, please let them come and visit more often. Lord, let them come over on a weeknight. Actually, if you want to, let them come for breakfast. Because I know when my boys show up, there's a gear that kicks in in my wife. They're going to get breakfast. They're going to get a supper. And she's going to do it better than anybody else. Do or die or kill her. But I don't get that. Used to. And I thought it was me. Until my boys moved out. Now, am I okay with that? that? I'm okay with that. Waffle House cooks a good breakfast. Now, does that mean my wife's a bad person? Absolutely not. She took care of my kids. She stayed at home. She didn't work during those days because I didn't want her to when they were being raised. I didn't, and, and, and I'm not trying to make you feel bad. You might not can do that, but we were able to do it. And my wife was a homemaker. My, mom, my wife stayed home, and she gave her all to my boys. And most likely, when they come to the stage and she goes off, they'll be crying more over her than me. It's just because I believe my my mom or my my wife put within them everything she had, everything she could give them. What about this deal with Martha? Martha was a problem. We see the mob that she was frustrated. Some called Martha meatloaf Martha. Now, anybody in here like meatloaf? I love meatloaf. I love it. More onions you put in it? Ooh, it's good stuff. I'm glad Martha cooked that meal. And I'm glad, and I'll tell you what. You want to invite me over for meatloaf, mashed potatoes, and, and those leaves, I think it's leaves, peas, and, and a, a salad? I'll come any time. But Martha's problem wasn't the fact that she was a cook. Martha's problem was her priorities were out of whack. Now, because my time's fleeting, I can't spend a lot of time on it, but I want you to know that Martha was not happy. And this statement might get me in trouble, but I've learned this. When Martha ain't happy, there ain't nobody. I know why our counselors and psychologists and all that, I know why they make the money. And I give it, I'll, I'll pay whatever I got to do to make sure that Martha's happy. And you're a dummy if you want Martha unhappy. You're crazy. I don't want my wife unhappy. Now, sometimes she's been unhappy, either because of me or the kids or whatever. But I've learned in my wife in these last few years that her happiness is not found in me alone. She's taken on the attributes of Mary. 
Her happiness comes because she's learned how to meet at the feet of Jesus. And not to be just fed with good food from the table, but to be fed spiritually, to be fed from Jesus' own table. Now, ladies, I'm telling you, you can walk away frustrated. You can live bitter. You can have all this resentment if you want to. But listen to me. The only way you're going to get rid of it won't be providing a a, a six-cord spread. It will be receiving the the food that Jesus can give you. And if you bypass that, if you try to make it in any other way, you're going to stay stay stressed out. You're going to stay frustrated. And you're going to fall apart one day. You are. And don't let that happen. You You say, well, who in the world are you? How do you know how a woman feels? I don't. But I know what I see. I know what I read. I've had a little psychology enough to get me in trouble. You see, I think Martha looked within herself and she saw the problem was her. Also, I want you to see, let's look at Mary a minute. Mary represents the priority of fellowship. Remember, two sisters... No man, no children. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't blame everything, especially ladies, everything on the man. You can't blame everything on the kids or the grandkids. Martha realized that the problem didn't lie within them. It lied within her. She was out of balance. She was unbalanced. And Jesus was trying to get her to see there's I mean, he, he even told her, he said, Martha, you've got all these things going on. You're, you're cooking and you're doing all these, all these things are important. But look, Mary does one thing. And I am not taking that away from her. She had learned the importance and power of receiving from Jesus. Faithful to my Lord's commands, I still would choose the better part, serve with careful Martha's hands, and always have a Mary's loving heart. It's important. You see, Martha opened her home to the Lord. Mary opened her heart to the Lord. Jesus was an invited guest that spoke of Martha. Jesus was an intimate guest that speaks of Mary. Martha was serving for Jesus to eat. Mary was sitting soaking at Jesus' feet so that she could eat. There's a, there's a word in, in uh, I forget what verse it is, that it talks about also. Mary was in the also at the feet of Jesus. And that word also, when you break it down, it means that Mary had already been in the kitchen. She had already, she probably was a little bit more organized and she had done her part. You know what I've noticed about disorganized people? They want hundreds of people around them. Why? Because they're disorganized. If you're organized, the least amount of people sometimes, depending on the project, is better. You get a bunch of people around you and they stay nothing but confusion. That's why you have leadership. That's why you make sure that you have the right people around doing the right job. Little fella entered a grocery store one day and asked the grocer for a box of Dove's detergent. 
And the, gross asked, the grocer said, what do you want that does detergent for? He said, I'm going to wash my cat. He said, now look, I wouldn't use this kind of soap on your cat. He said, I don't care. Give me the soap. I'm going to wash my cat. So he came back a few days later, and the grocer said, well, uh, tell me about the cat. He said, oh, he died. He said, I tried to tell you that you couldn't use that kind of of, of so- detergent. He said, oh, look, the soap didn't hurt him. It was the spin cycle that killed him. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You think your wife don't have a spin cycle? You think that she don't load up sometimes? And when you get home, you see it like a cat. It's coming! Incoming! Pay attention. You're fixing to be told. Old timer once told me in the country churches, he said, when you go home, just throw your hat inside. And if it don't come back out, come on in. If it flies back out, you better pray about it. That's not a bad, bad concept. Mary's content was one thing. Rather than being cumbered about with too many things to do, she made sure that before she got involved in that kind of thing, that she learned how to sit at the feet of Jesus. That's so important. And then we see the master, Jesus, the principle of focus. You see, we have a priority in life, and that priority be to establish and to cultivate and develop and grow in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something, guys. This is so true. If you want to know whether or not you're loving your wife right, look at your relationship with Jesus. I don't see how any man, any woman can love her husband, any husband can love her man any more than she loves Jesus. And if you're not in love with Jesus, guess what? You finish it, but it's true. And when your marriage gets tested, you, you, you mark my words, it's coming. When your relationship gets tested, you mark my words, it's going to happen. You're going to find out just how close not only you are to your mate, but how close you are to the one that can help you get through anything that might come your way. I'm going to close with this. Two men were chopping wood in the woods. And one man, he didn't quit. Man, he just kept on getting it. Just chop, 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 chop. The other man, every hour, would sit down and take a few minutes off his feet. Well, at the end of the day, they looked at the results, and the first man said, here's what I did, and the second man done double. Double. The guy and the first man said, I don't get it. I worked until sunup to sundown. And somehow you beat me. And I saw you every hour on the hour. Sit down and take a break. He said, that's right, you did. But there's one thing evidently you missed. Every time I sat down, I sharpened my axe. And the reason that I chopped more wood than you did is because my axe was sharper than yours. You were chopping wood with a dull axe. 
Let me tell you something. There's some of you in here chopping wood with a dull axe. Now, you're getting the job done. I mean, you're making it day after day, one day at a time. But I don't know of any other way, at least I've learned after turning now 60 years old. I've learned there's one way to stay in tune with Jesus. I may not make everybody happy, but there's one person I got to stay in close relationship with, and that's Jesus and my wife. Jesus and my wife. And that's called sharpening your axe. You think you can do it another way? I'm telling you, you're going to face a disaster. It's just going to happen because you can't do it any other way. It wasn't designed to be done any other way. You want to survive? Don't forget the wife time. Don't forget the husband time. Don't forget the children time. Don't forget the grandchildren time. But most of all, Jesus said, Mary done this one thing, and I'm not taking it away. She had Jesus time between her, Mary, and him. And if you're not doing that, and you think you're going to be successful as a believer, forget it. It won't happen. There are those that believe, oh, you got to work, 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 be busy, 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 because you're saved. Yeah, and you're going to burn, 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 burn out. If you're not making time to do that one thing that Jesus said that Mary was doing, that was the most important, and that it was sitting and feeding and receiving at the feet of Jesus.